Welcome back to Christ in Prophecy. Last week, Nathan and I shared the testimony of four individuals from Israel who offer personal insights into the horror of the terrorist attacks of October 7th. In the ensuing weeks, they have witnessed Israel unify behind a national effort to eradicate Hamas from Gaza, hoping to ensure the security of the Jewish nation by eradicating a murderous terrorist network at their doorstep. This week, we will share the perspective of three additional voices. With personal ties to Israel and great discernment to recognize the ramifications of this current war on Jews throughout the world and the geopolitical instability that has ensued, these individuals share something else in common, hope in our Jewish Messiah, Jesus Christ. And we posted full conversations from Jerry Boykin, Olivier Melnick, and Shaul Katsav as short prophetic perspectives videos. You can visit our website or Christ in Prophecy YouTube channel to view them all. But today, we'll bring you excerpts from these timely and encouraging dialogues. With events developing so quickly and the dimensions of this war shifting from day to day and even hour to hour, it is virtually impossible for us to comment on every supposed occurrence in real time. Instead, as the prophets themselves, we seek to understand the contemporary events from just that, a prophetic perspective. We'll begin with General Jerry Boykin, the former commander of the Delta Force within the U.S. Special Forces Command. I asked General Boykin to give us a historical and biblical perspective on the hatred that consumes terrorist organizations like Hamas. Yeah, first of all, it goes all the way back to biblical times, and, and we can't understand it unless we understand the whole issue of uh, Esau and, and Jacob and, uh, and how that created a, uh, a division that has never been healed. And, uh, and now we, we are living with uh, the reality of, of that, that divide between two brothers because one stole the other's blessing and that really was the, the foundations. Now, there are other things that have happened that have made it worse, that have, uh, and, and by the way, many of the people that worship in the Muslim faith that hate the Jews don't really know the biblical side of it. Yeah. So, so a lot of them hate the Jews, and they're not even sure why, except that they grew up being taught to hate Jews. Iran's support for terrorism throughout the region is well documented and proudly boasted of by the Ayatollahs. General Boykin was first introduced to the malignant intentions of Iran when he oversaw the effort to free American hostages back in 1980. We asked him about Iran's malevolence and the proper way to deal with this instigator of evil. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Uh, in fact, uh, going back to the when our hostages were taken there uh, in Iran, and held for 444 days. But here's something that everybody needs to reflect on. Those hostages were released after 444 days, and it coincided with the day that Ronald Reagan was inaugurated. What does that tell you? Yeah. They were afraid of Ronald Reagan, and they let those hostages go just as soon as he raised his hand and took an oath. Peace through strength. That was the motto of the U.S. Air Force's Strategic Air Command, as well as the overarching policy of the United States for many years. Might plus resolve, and a clear-eyed understanding of projecting both. Israel has great military strength, and it now has the resolve to wipe out the threat of terror at its doorstep. 
I asked General Boykin about America's fickle support of Israel in the past and our wavering support in the face of tragic choices imposed by bloodthirsty terrorists who did not even care about their own people. He spoke to Israel's assurance of survival from a prophetic or biblical perspective. Well, first of all, let me, let me say this so it's very clear what my position is. Um, I completely stand on uh, what I consider to be a, a very important uh, passage in the Bible, and that's Ezekiel, I mean, it's uh, uh, Genesis 12, 3. Yes. I believe that. And I believe that we will pay a heavy price if we don't stand with Israel. And the reason that I am so concerned right now is because of uh, the administration that we have. I'm not sure that they understand it. I'm not sure they get it. Uh, and they, I'm not sure that they really are committed to Israel except for political purposes. So I'm concerned about that. But I believe there is certainly a chance that we could see uh, a war on many fronts over there. But this is what I was going to say earlier. The Bible also says that they're never going to be thrown out of this land again. The Bible tells us yes. once they reassemble, that will be their land. It doesn't say they're not going to fight for it. It doesn't say it's right. not going to be a big battle. It, uh, in fact, it says just the opposite. But I believe that uh, it's entirely possible that uh, we could have this war expanding into other fronts with some of these other terrorist nations that you talked about, some of these sovereign nations that you talked about, like Iran, uh, but also there, there are others. And uh, I think that it's entirely feasible that they could have a, a battle with all of them. But go back and look at the Yom Kippur War and read the accounts of, of Israelis, Jews, not Messianic or fulfilled Jews, as we should be calling them, but, but, but Jews that are practicing Jews, and look at the apparitions that they saw yeah. when they were down to two or three tanks, and the Syrians would turn and go back. And after the war, they asked them, what, what, you, you had it won. What? No. You are reinforced by very heavy forces. <laughs> and, and, yes. and read it. I mean, it's story after story. That, God is not going to let them be thrown out of that land again. They will amen. die. I mean, some of them will die. They're, they're, they're going to shed their blood. But they're going to come out victorious. Many Christians are heartbroken over the hatred raging against Israel and even the Jewish people in general, both in the Middle East and across the American cities and college campuses. How can we really support Israel? General Boykin offered these insights. There's nothing more important than prayer. And we need to, uh, as individuals, we need to join forces with other Christians that love Israel, love the Jews, and uh, and 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 really have a prayer network that keeps our coverage over them 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's the first thing. The second thing is uh, dig deep into your coffers and provide humanitarian aid to them because right now is a time when they need it. Mm -hmm. And if you stop and think about it, uh, if you're not living out in the countryside there somewhere where you can grow your own 
uh, vegetables and, and olives and that type of thing. And you're dependent upon markets in the cities and markets in the cities because nobody's nobody's working in, in many cases. Uh, they're just not, the, the market is declining in terms of the amount of, of uh, uh, consumables that are available to these people. So, so get involved by giving them as much humanitarian aid as you possibly can. And then the, the other thing that I would say is uh, start helping to educate your neighbors. Mm. Yeah. I would never have believed that I would see the day when America would have so many people that have turned against Israel and turned against the Jews, and they have no idea what they're doing. They have no idea about the history. They have no idea about the the battles that have been fought for that land. And uh, and it's just it's heartbreaking to me. So educate your neighbors. Look, talk to them. Sit down and talk to them. And, and, and tell them the history. Well, what does that mean? That means you've got to know the history. Right. Education. You've got to get into it, too. And there's all kinds of books that uh, will tell you the history of it. And uh, and then I guess the final thing is uh, all of these people that we consider to be replacement theologians, um, do all you can to persuade them that now is the time, whether they're Jews or whether they're whatever they may be, right now is the time when we ought to be standing with people that are so beleaguered, that are so much on the front lines of of what could be the, the final war yeah. in this world, and you want to be on the right side. General Boykin expressed shock at witnessing such an incredible level of hatred against Jewish people being incited on college campuses. Well, another of our dear friends with an obvious connection to Israel is Olivier Melnick. Olivier is a Jewish follower of Yeshua, Jesus Christ, who lives in America and has written extensively about the rising anti-Semitism experienced by the diaspora, the Jewish community still scattered over much of the world. We ask Olivier to comment on the horrific increase in threats and violence against Jews throughout the West and even here in America. Yeah, I mean, this, this uh, war in, uh, in Israel uh, between Hamas and Israel, uh, basically now you're looking, every news outlet that you listen to, the word anti-Semitism is on their mouth, mm. is on their lips. It's, it's absolutely crazy. Uh, the, the, be the beast has just been unleashed. I mean, it, I've never seen it. I've been, you know, I've been monitoring and, and teaching on this uh, for 23 years. I have never seen it so intense Every single day, we get new new incidents where people go into homes, or you've heard about the one in, in the, the Russian uh, airport when they were running after Jews. Uh, it's We're 2023, but we're back to 1930s. Yes. I saw in London a group of, uh, of pro-Palestinian protesters running through the streets and chanting, give us your Jews, we want their blood. I mean, this sounded like 1938 and, and the time of the Nazis coming to power and Kristallnacht. I just, it's horrifying in civilized portions of the West 
that these folks are, are raging and they're very, very radicalized. Well, remember then when the Holocaust took place uh, in the 30s and 40s, uh, it was at the hand of, of a very civilized uh, group of people. The mm. Germans were extremely cultured and civilized. and So uh, it's, it's mankind, okay? Mm. It's humanity in general that is uh, corrupt. And, and, and you said it in, in your introduction, anti-Semitism is a creation of Satan. It is satanic, it is demonic, and until people understand that there is a satanic force behind anti-Semitism, they will not be able to properly understand it and fight it. Livia, it's interesting that seven million Jews live in Israel, seven million in the rest of the world, and you expect anti-Semitism, especially amongst the Islamic peoples in the Middle East. But here in the United States, you're like, well, hey, the United States and other Western nations accept the Jewish people. And then I read an article, California man breaks into Jewish family's home, threatens to kill them, yells, free Palestine. So he's going to murder a Jewish family living in California. We've got politicians like the Squad, who are openly in support of Hamas. We have professors at Harvard and student unions all across the United States chanting death to the Jews. It doesn't feel like America anymore. It doesn't feel like America. And, and you know, you thought you're making a reference to the squad. Uh, Rashida Tlaib still has on a Twitter feed the, uh, the, 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 the tweet that she puts that the, the hospital in Gaza was bombed by Israel. She didn't take it out. It's still there. And it's been proven that it was not done by Israel, but it was a mishap in, uh, in, uh, in one of the missiles that they sent. There's yeah, one well, of the missiles Hamas sent, so they Hamas fired sent. their own missile. Yeah, shot their right, own. which happens regularly. Yes. Uh, and so this, this uh, I don't recognize America. I came to America in 1985 as a French citizen, became an American, I, you know, and this is not the America I came to. It, this, this country is, is going down the drain, uh, uh, you know, and, and here's the thing, you know, I've, I've been saying this for a while now, there's no, no safe place for Jews, especially in Europe. You know, I come from France, France is really bad, but no safe place for Jews anywhere in the world except for Israel. And right now, Jews are not even sure that this is a safe place. I asked Olivier to comment on the prophetic implications of the rising anti-Semitism in the world relative to the regathering of the Jewish people to Israel. Well, uh, the Jewish people, according to, uh, you know, if you look at uh, um, Ezekiel, uh, they are going back to the land. Okay, the fulfillment of chapter yeah, 36 and 37. Right, 36 and 37, yeah. going back to the land in unbelief. And this has happened, we can say, it actually started before 1948, the late 1800s, you know, the, they were called aliyahs or aliyot, the, the, going the, up. the going up, the return. So they started before the creation of the State of Israel. And uh, they, uh, they're going back to the land of unbelief. The, the dry bones, of course, that's going to be the regeneration when they're, uh, where they're in the land. Uh, I believe that the Jews are going to go back to the land. Uh, I, I know that's what the Bible tells us. And eventually at some point, you know, we, we've discussed that before, there's going to be a terrible time of turmoil. We are looking at some difficult times right now, but it's going to get worse. It certainly it's going to get worse. And that's what we call the Great Tribulation, or what do we call it for the Jewish people? Time of time Jacob's, Jacob's trouble. Time of Jacob's yeah. trouble, exactly. Some of you will remember that we had Olivier on a full episode of Christ and Prophecy just recently. He asserted that anti-Semitism was becoming normalized, which is actually the title of his recent book. But at the moment, he said we were not yet witnessing the final stage of anti-Semitism, the mass murder of Jews. On October 7th, the world did witness just such an episode of mass murder. And the ensuing celebration by many on the left, even on American college campuses, demonstrates that a satanic hatred of Jews has been cultivated in recent years. 
Well, uh, there's a, obviously there's many many good uh, good ways you can uh, help Israel. You know, make you know you know uh, donations uh, to different ministries, including Chosen People Ministries. I also believe that we are at a place in our history right now, and I know it's going to sound pretty dramatic, but I believe that you know I, when I was talking about in my book about the normalization of anti-Semitism, the last point on the nine is mass murder of Jews. And I told you last time I came, I said, all the nines are in place, but we haven't seen a, a, a desire or, or an, an action going towards the mass murder of Jews. Hello. Here we are. Here we are again. So I think um, what I'd like to see is I'd like to see Christian mobilizing together and, and understanding, okay, we might not be able to change how anti-Semitism is going forward. We might not be able to stop it, but we certainly can open our homes to help Jewish people, and we can uh, we can rescue them. We can do something. Uh, that the, the, the opposite of what was done during the Holocaust, where Christians became bystanders and helped the perpetrators. They looked the other way, didn't want to get involved. It's time to get involved, stand up, and reach out to the Jewish community. Our final voice in this episode is Shaul Katsoff. Shaul is an Israeli Jew living in Texas. His time in the IDF and the perspective he's gained living abroad combined with his strong faith in our Jewish Messiah, Yeshua, or Jesus Christ, motivated him to write a book titled, Israel's Enemies Within. Some of the threats Shaul discerned were evident when Hamas overwhelmed the cursory defenses surrounding Gaza on October 7th. He believes that the internal squabbles that consumed Israel's leaders and the soft complacency of its citizens led to an opening for evil to strike. See if what Shaul describes sounds a lot like America today. And you know, I'll start with a, with a, a, a legend that a, actually an Arab philosopher said. He spoke about a, a, a person that decided to live in the desert and he raised his family and they were all so united because they were so busy to survive in those harsh environments of the desert. And he raised his family and he had grandchildren and great-grandchildren. One day, his great-grandchildren child came over and said, Hey, Grandpa, on the beach, there is not far from us, there is a, a, a tribe, and they are uh, kind of laid back. They, have, uh, they are partying all the time. We can go and take them. And the great-grandfather says, Okay, let's go. And they walked through 50 miles, and they got to that beach, and they, they really took that land, and they destroyed that tribe because they were lazy. They didn't have any guard. And then eventually they controlled that beach. But guess what? Through the years, that same tribe in the desert, the same tribe become more lazy, became more laid back. And the next generation become more laid back. And the other generation start to drink alcohol and just have parties. And guess what? Another tribe that was raised in that desert in the same spot came and took it. That is words of an Arab philosopher. And unfortunately, this is what happens in Israel. Israel was founded in 1948 with people with a lot of zeal, a lot of power. But now, especially in the last year, we saw a lot of decay that is going on in the, in the Israel society. A lot of fights that shows a signs of decay, signs of, of laying back, being sleeping, not paying attention to the enemies outside, more fighting with ourselves. And that was a sign, and I think that that sign kind of reflects outside to our enemies outside, which in this case 
what happened in October 7th. Well, just in case we don't realize the danger that's lurking at America's door, Shaul offers a keen analysis of what has happened in America in recent years. As Alexander Solzhenitsyn rightfully discerned, America has forgotten God. It has been said that nature abhors a vacuum, and tragically, there is no such thing as a spiritual void either. When light is snuffed out, darkness rushes in. I'll share with you a story about a few years ago, I went to a mall and I went to, uh, and I bought uh, candlesticks, olive candlesticks from a woman, she was Christian, that came from Bethlehem and she came to sell in a mall. And in, in the end of that transaction, of course, I had to bargain with her because I'm Jewish, I had to bargain with her, but she sold me those candlesticks. She was a super nice lady, Christian from Bethlehem. And she said to me, I want to tell you something, uh, sir. I said, what is it? She said, I have been in the malls in the last 25 years. Every year I'm here coming with goods from Bethlehem. And I see less and less people buying those artifacts of olive uh, uh, wood artifacts. And she said, you know, the people here left God. They mm. left the church. They don't believe in God anymore. And I tell you something, when, when light leaves... Darkness comes in. Shoal sums up the responsibility of every Christian patriot in whatever country God has placed you. The th same thing that happened in Israel can happen here in America. This is what I could say. The same thing that happened in Israel can happen in America. And what happened was, I believe that it was a spiritual warfare. Those animals, those satanic people, I've realized something about the spirit of, of Islam. It makes the enemy sleep. It makes the enemy kind of get used to a situation. And then when they realize that the enemy, they realize that they go and attack. My advice here is do not go to sleep. Pursue the enemy spiritually. We have Phen phenomenal weapons that we don't use, the spiritual weapons that the Lord God of Israel has given us. We have to use those weapons. We have to pursue the enemy and to go and cast out darkness to fight for every individual, to fight for every individual for his salvation, her salvation, your relatives, and be ready, be on guard. Listening to the various voices we've brought to you, I'm reminded of the variety of voices that speak to us from the pages of Scripture. All of God's Word is inspired by the Holy Spirit and conveys the truths God has revealed to mankind. But different prophets and writers give us insight into the heartbreak experienced by those who recorded God's Word and the tough faith they exhibited. Nathan, I've been drawn to the Psalms over the last several weeks, as a matter of fact, all the way since October 7th, and over and over again, I'm reminded that David and other Psalm writers were crying out to the Lord in a time of great crisis, but had full confidence in Him. Absolutely. Uh, David was a, a model that we can look at because he represented the absolute faith in God. Even yes. when he fell in his human nature, he fell. And uh, I love some of the, the Psalms, especially the Song of Ascent, uh, Psalm 121. I don't know why, but I just keep going back to this because it reminds me who's in charge. Uh, the Lord says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. Where? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And as people are worried, they're writing into the ministry and asking, what's Israel? 
Israel's future. I just point him to verse 3 and 4. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. I find a lot of uh, comfort in knowing that Israel is protected. They're not going to be uprooted out of their land. God has given them a future, and He's fulfilling promises through them. You know, over and over again throughout the month of October, beginning on October 7th, I turn to Psalm 7, October 8, Psalm 8, etc., and you get to some of the imprecatory Psalms that David is crying out for vengeance on his enemies and for the Lord to righteously uh, judge those who have uh, conspired toward evil. If you turn to Psalm chapter 9, verse 17, he affirms, "...the wicked shall return to Sheol, even all the nations who forget God." But the needy will not always be forgotten, nor the hope of the afflicted perish forever. And we have hope in the Lord God, knowing that His promises are still yes and amen. He answered His promises to David. He is still answering His promises to the people of, of Israel, the Jewish people. And that's why I have great, as you said, comfort knowing that He will keep every promise made to you and me as well. Absolutely. Well, Tim, if folks want to get to know more about the promises, folks, we have an offer here, special offer 834. It's all the feasts of Israel. They're very prophetic, and so we covered that with Dr. Richard Hill. Uh, Dr. Reagan did an end time focus on Israel DVD, which is very informative. He wrote, The Jewish People Rejected or Beloved, and answers that question. And Israel in Bible Prophecy. If you want to know where Israel falls into Bible prophecy, this book, check it out. That's a $40 savings. It sure is. You know, that's a great resource. If you want to know more about the Jewish people and really God's plan for them in Bible prophecy, I'll just say this. At the end of Psalm 7, the one I referenced on October 7th, David, after pouring out his heart of grief and concern, said, I will give thanks to the Lord, to Yahweh, according to His righteousness. I will sing the, the praise of the name of the Lord Most High. And that's exactly what we do. You know, it grieves our spirit to witness the manifestation of hatred directed at the Jewish people. We know prophetically that such satanic malevolence will get much worse over time, but it is galling to see people so deluded by hate and gleeful about murderous rage. But we take consolation in knowing that the world is growing gloriously dark. We recognize that even as mankind seems to be hurling towards one catastrophe after another, the world is not merely falling to pieces, the prophetic pieces are falling into place. Jesus told His followers that in the world we will have trouble, but He assures us that in Him we will have peace. And although the Jewish people will sadly go through an unprecedented time of trial during the Great Tribulation or the time of Jacob's trouble, God has promised to preserve a great remnant and bring them to salvation through our Jewish Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ. We pray daily for the peace of Jerusalem. And here at Lamb and Lion Ministries, we put our money where our mouth is, supporting ministries serving Jewish people in Israel. I should say we invest your money to that end. In fact, while we contribute a portion of our own budget toward Jewish ministry outreach, every dollar that you earmark for that cause goes to fulfill God's commandment for us to bless the Jewish people. Please consider partnering with us as we point Jew and Gentile alike to our soon returning King, or join us in being a conduit of blessing to the Jewish people. Just call the number on the screen and we'll ensure that your contribution impacts Jewish lives in Israel. We'll be back next week with another episode of Christ in Prophecy, focusing on the prophetic Word of God made even more sure before our eyes today. Until then, in the words of King David, we pray that you will join us in declaring God's righteousness and His praise all day long. And may your testimony be like that of David, 
even as he was surrounded by evildoers seeking his life. I would have despaired unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. Let's encourage one another as we wait for Him. Godspeed. Thank you.